Welcome to the Link Adelaide podcast. My name is Steve Moylan, and today I've got another artist from the 2015 Adelaide Fringe. And I'm joined on the line by Jared Parker and Noah Tabor, uh, who are part of Script Tees at the 2015 Adelaide Fringe with two shows on. They're doing Death Comes at the End at the State Dining Room in Ayers House, and also a great show called A Show from Nothing, uh, which we'll start talking about first. But first of all, how are you guys? Hey, Stephen, we're good. Awesome. Uh, so, Jared and Noah, a show about nothing sounds mm. petrifying. Well, well you'd, you'd think that. It's, um, it is the first time you do it, and then you, you jump into it and you find that actually there's some really warped and interesting stuff that can come out of your brain uh, when it's put on the spot. So, look, we, uh, we go on stage at the beginning of the show, we sit there and look at each other and... You see something in the way we're sitting that just we react to. Um, and then within, you know, three minutes, we're into a, a scene and somehow we get to an hour-long show. <laughs> There's never a dull moment in these things at all, whether it's uh, one of us just talking to air for a little while until the other one's inspired by something to come in and jump in and help out, or if it's both of us just playing about five different characters all at the same time in the same scene. So quite entertaining, and it's a, yeah, keeps you on your toes, as Jared said. <laughs> now, I've got a feeling I might have seen something very similar somewhere before, or I might have even seen the show. Um, and it's really quite, it literally does start from nothing. Yeah, we did a, uh, we did a test run of the show in November uh, at the Blue Beaver Room, which is our, our home during the year, and is our home for a show from nothing. Uh, during Fringe and um, yeah I think in that show we began uh, and ended up being a a father bailing his son out of jail in the first scene Um, and turned that into a a story about um, families basically so it's uh, it's definitely something we've enjoyed doing and we thought hey um, if we enjoy doing it during the year why not give it a shot at Fringe and it's something really good, like it, it seems petrifying when you start with it, but the good thing about a show from nothing is you can literally practice it anywhere, anytime. Oh, that, that's exactly it, yeah. We've done a, a couple of jams, if you will, uh, just the two of us uh, going at it, and we've had some moments where afterwards we just scratch our head and wonder what did we just do and how did we come up with this, and then we've had some other ones where we just couldn't stop laughing at how fun and ridiculous it all ended up but yeah it's that we can we've gone out into the park a few times and just randomly had an improv session out there the two of us and other people just uh stopped by for a minute or two and watched us uh going at it and yeah so it's really anywhere you can think of and how do you how do you um so that that would be how you because you'd have to keep sort of fit i suppose is a way to put it in so that you could turn around and do this kind of show once a night is that just how you, do you just keep practicing all the time? That's it. I mean, I think with improv, you can never, obviously, <laughs> you can never know what you're going to do beforehand. So it's kind of like uh, getting ready for a race. You know, you just got to keep your, keep your mind fit by uh, running through the format a few times. And, you know, the whole show is really based on uh, the stage connection and stage relationship that, that Nora and I have. So um, you've got to keep that going and keep that fresh because, if you don't, then uh, the whole show kind of <laughs> disintegrates around you. You get a bit unfit, really. Has that happened to you before? Uh, thankfully, not on actual stages. Um, <laughs> we try. We try. I think it's 
it, it really is actually like exercising because I think if we ever don't do it for a little while, then jump back into it. The first one is terrible and feels painful for a couple of days after. Uh, and once we once we really get going and uh, and keep it up, then it's um, a scary thing to to behold, even when we're in it. Um, and one of the probably hardest things hardest things for you guys to get across to people is that it is entirely improvised because the kind of show that you're creating, you could actually script it, I suppose. How do you, how do you prove to people that it is absolutely improvised? Well, at the end of the day, I think you've, you get to that point where you almost have to take it on, uh, you know, take it as read because I had, you know, we've both had those conversations after shows where we say, you know, that was completely made up and people come up and say, oh no, come on, of course you had to script some of it. You could never just do that on the spot. And uh, I think you get to that point where um, you just have to go, look, <laughs> it, it was completely made up and that is the, it's honestly the biggest compliment that people can give us. Mm. So I suppose the only thing you can tell people to do is come again the next night. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's exactly it right there. The, the more they see, the better it is. And uh, it's always nice that we have a bit of a recurring crowd as well too and they're able to tell their friends and they're able to tell other people so... A lot of that is by word of mouth, and the improv scene in Adelaide in general is starting to pick up a little bit, so more people are getting aware of what it is. So with that then, they come in with the understanding of, okay, these guys are going to not have any ideas as to what's going to happen at all. And just the fact where in all improv shows, there's always a, a moment or two where there is a bit of a struggle or where there is a bit of a scratching your head and it is a bit apparent that some of the actors don't really know what's going on and that's all the fun of it Mm. as well to kind of work over that and that's where again what Jared was saying the connection that he and I have where we're able to know what our strengths and weaknesses are and help compensate for that so if one of us are struggling in an area we can either a which is something that we normally do mess with one another and just kind of play that out a little bit so that's a always fun for the two of us and for the audience but then we also know where when it's time to okay and now it's time to get back into it and do you sort of run a clock over the show so you know where you are time wise because i can imagine you get lost in the show very easily yeah i think one of the um the things that improv is known for is that it's uh two people and two chairs on a stage um, but we have two people two stairs uh, two chairs and a clock um, so it, it is funny though we've got that as a bit of a um, you know a warning because we don't like to keep you know audiences in overnight mm. um, but, but um, it is funny that by just I don't know whether it's sheer repetition or, or some kind of inbuilt instinct a lot of the time the moment when I think oh are we going a bit long is when we've got about five minutes left so it's um, I think your body almost gets in that rhythm uh, of going, all right, about time to start wrapping it up. So it works well. And five minutes works perfectly because it means you can just, you've got that five minutes to, to wrap it up and to make sure you reach a satisfying conclusion before you need to say goodbye. Well, that's it. I mean, we try to keep the number of stray bullets that kill characters to a minimum and uh, actually wrap up the narrative satisfyingly. Now, speaking of killing people, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, a show for, you mentioned sort of like there's a you mentioned the kind of resurgence I suppose of uh, improv in Adelaide that I couldn't believe when I was reading through the media releases how many improv companies there are or seem to be now in Adelaide. Yeah, there are. There's a, a real, um, as you say, resurgence in improv. There's 
Uh, Improv Adelaide, which is fantastic, and uh, Scripties is a member of Improv Adelaide as a troupe. There are three other troops, Changing Jennifer's Strong Independent Woman and Justice Jam. Um, there's also On The Fly, which is um, not only a performing troupe, but also a training ground for Adelaide's improvisers too. Um, and this fringe, it's even better because we've got companies coming from Victoria, Western Australia, Queensland, the ACT, New South Wales, um, and they're bringing their own shows and uh, putting those on as part of the Adelaide Improv Festival, which is on during Fringe at the Grace Emily. Oh, awesome. I was going to say it was an unplanned improv festival, but it was kind of planned. Yeah, yeah that's it. Um, as hard as it is with improvisers, we actually all managed to um, plan to have a show, which, believe me, is, can be harder with improvisers than you might think. <laughs> all right. Well, the show from Nothing is on at... Uh... The Blueby Room between the 3rd and 6th of March at 7.30pm. Uh, tickets on sale through Fringe. Ticks and more details at adelaidefringe.com.au. Uh, and the other one, other show that you're doing has a couple more cast members and a bit more bit more interesting things going on. Death Comes at the End at the State Dining Room in Ayers House. So a very, very stately location. Yes, definitely. It's And not that we realised it when we first uh, booked it last year when we, we started the format, but it is the perfect location for Death Comes at the End. Um, it's an improvised murder mystery uh, that's inspired by Cluedo and uh, Agatha Christie and um, various other traditional murder mysteries. And as you say, we've pulled together a, a cast of local and interstate improvisers to... Um, come and really help us put on a, a great show. And so, I mean, a lot of most people would know that kind of that kind of thing. How are you staging the murders? Well, that's uh, that's really interesting. Basically, we draw our roles each night randomly on stage. So, like a game of Cluedo, we get our cards at the beginning of the night. Someone finds out they're the murderer, and someone finds out they're the victim uh, during the show. Um, the victim is then announced right off the top. Um, but then no one knows who the murderer is except for the murderer until the end of the show. Not even the other players on stage know. So that can be a lot of fun uh, when you're the murderer just to completely mess with people. Um, you know, don't look like you're going to be the murderer. And then final scene of the night, it turns out you were. And that's the point of the show. You, you, everybody finds out who the murderer is together at the end of the show. Death comes at the end. And uh, so how you, do you have an inspector for your death comes at the end or does the victim become kind of inspector and then kind of uh, questioner? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, at the beginning of the show, we have um, Jared, myself, and another player who's in there, Josh Kapitza. Uh, we three are all detectives for the show, and the detective is pretty much the host as well. So we're up there to run through the format with the audience, help guide them along, help tell them what they're looking for. Um, however, the detective is also going to be drawing one of the character cards. So, uh, Miss Scarlet, Colonel Mustard, Mrs. White, and the other uh, Cluedo characters. So, we're all taking part in it as well. And so, as we're detecting, if you will, uh, we're all doing it in character. And we're getting inspired by the audience for different traits, different quirks, different inspirations to help drive our character and make uh, that detective a little bit different every single time. So, yeah, no, we're definitely helping the audience through. <laughs> Which is great. So, uh, and then and this show, I guess, more than um, the other one with Death Comes at the End, you'll be able to have a bit, bit of interaction with the audience to get some clues and get some ideas for how you're going to play it out? Well, that's it. I mean, 
uh, as Noah said, we um, we start the night by randomly drawing our, our characters and the six classic Pluto characters make their appearance. Um, but then we get the audience's help to customise those um, because everyone knows what Miss Scarlet is, but when you get told from the audience that she's also an alien, then uh, fantastic, Miss Scarlet's an alien. Um, the audience also helps us out by telling us what kind of a... Uh, a party or why we're all getting together uh, on the particular night that the murder takes place. So, um, And I think it's something that perhaps doesn't quite sink in until you see the show, but those suggestions from the audience tend to really drive the plot. Um, there is, again, it's all made up on the spot completely. Uh, while we may have, you know, these sort of archetypal characters that we can access um each night they are completely different so we really rely on our audience to help us out not only in uh, helping us solve the murder but uh, setting up the murder as well and those those ideas that they put forward can really can really help the improv process not just because they're ideas but because they're things that you may not have thought of and really can help cook creativity if you have this random idea thrown in there so the more random the better Exactly. I mean, if you told me before one of the shows last year that I was going to be playing a Mr. Green obsessed with smuggling Madonna tapes into Afghanistan, I probably would have laughed at you. Um, but that's what I ended up doing. So, um, you know, thanks to that particular audience member for helping us out there. And the more specific, I guess, you can get with your suggestions, the better. Yeah, that's it. I, I mean, I think there's a, an unspoken rule uh, amongst improvisers as well that um, if you get the suggestions along the lines of beach or dentist, um, the number of scenes I've played in a dentist office has really added to my fear of dentists. <laughs> so um, the, the more unusual and the more specific, the better. We love it when audience members come along and challenge us with something that we've never heard before. Yeah, because I think like, I did some work with uh, the Jim Henson guys uh, last year when, I, when they went on tour in Melbourne and Brisbane and Sydney, mm -hmm. and we had a yeah. totally improvised puppet show. And that was heaps of fun to work on. Um, yeah. But there's only so many times that you can do overtly sexual scenes. And so, you know, yeah. as soon as you can step outside and step away from those things and the, the typical things, the first things that you think of, the more interesting you get because the more that you can challenge the performers, the better show you're going to get as a result. Exactly. And I think there's a perhaps a perception of improv that you do get those overtly sexual scenes and not that there's anything wrong with, with shows, but you look at things like Thank God You're Here and Whose Line Is It Anyway? And they're fantastic shows, but they are really uh, aimed only comedically and they're aimed for the, I suppose, the quick laugh, um, which is something I have to say I really love in improv. But with Death Comes at the End, um, some shows are more dramatic than comedy um, and the same with the show from nothing. Um, both shows really are pure improv in that we go wherever the show takes us. So if that takes us to a, a farcical comedy, um, that's where we go. Uh, if it takes us to more of a dramedy type place, um, then we're more than happy to go there as well. And I, I think um, uh, scriptless dramatic theatre is, is really starting to take off. Um, and for example, there's a show coming this year called The Home Front, which is about the experiences of women during World War One who were at home. And that show is improvised, but it's also a pure drama. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty impressive. From um, and I should say, um, from the ACT coming over to do their shows, uh, Catherine Crowley, who's a member of that cast, is also uh, going to pop in on Death Comes at the End for a night um, on the 19th of February. So. Um, as I said, we've got a, a really great cast of um, stellar improvisers joining us this year. 
And with that big cast that we have as well, it's nice to be able to play with other people too. So this way, uh, all the ideas are staying fresh and then mm. everyone else is coming in with a different take on how uh, Miss Scarlet can be played or what the idea or what the suggestion is and all these different offers that are given. If it's just... Um, the same offers, the same characters being played all the same way at the same time, it gets a little boring for the audience and for the players. So when we're able to really assort a, a very talented and very wide range uh, cast of players to join us for this show, it makes it all the more interesting and unique. So every single night it's going to be a pure joy just to see what everyone else comes up with. That's fantastic. And of course, you're not going to, you're not going to be stuck with gender or anything like that. So quite often you might be playing Scarlet or... Look, I'm more, I am more than proud to say that in the last year, I have played a man in this show exactly twice. Oh wow! Uh, I think we, I think I think I've done the show about fifteen times. So um, it, it's a little worrying when your friends start to associate you with Mrs. Peacock, but uh, <laughs> that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, but I think on that as well, um, it, it is totally random as to what character we get. Um, but we still play them straight, you know. Mm. When I'm Mrs. Peacock, I'm Mrs. Peacock, and I think one of the biggest compliments you can get is when you finish your show and um, someone who knows you comes up to you and says, "I forgot it was you ten minutes in." So yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of fun, um, and it really stretches us. And do you go as far as having different wardrobes and different kind of costumes to jump into, or are you not costume for the show? Uh, we keep it pretty basic uh, generally, so uh, but we do have a particular prop or a couple of pieces of costume per Cluedo character, so the audience can, um, you know, be reminded. Oh, of course, that's Miss Scarlet or that's Colonel Mustard. Um, but yes, because we we find out our characters on stage, we pop those bits of costume on on stage and yeah. we jump straight into the show. Yeah, because you don't want to give yourself any thinking time with improv either. It needs to be right off the cuff. Well, that's it. And I think as well, it, it um, almost cheats the audience a little bit. Or if we get any thinking time, you know, I, I, I think as a performer and as an audience member watching improv uh, in both situations, I want to see someone, act, you know, not have any time to think. It's all reaction. And yeah. that's definitely what this show is. All right, that's Death Comes at the End at the beautiful State Dining Room of Ayers House, 288 North Terrace, uh, from the 18th to the 28th of February, various dates in there, and it starts at 7.30. Um, tickets on sale through Fringe Sticks and more details at adelaidefringe.com.au and linkadelaide.com.au. Uh, you can also check out Scripties and various other improv right throughout the year in Adelaide. Um, details of that, hopefully we can get on that link Adelaide through the year. Um, Jared and Noah, thank you so much for your time today, and have a fantastic improvised Fringe. Thanks very much. Cheers. For more, visit linkadelaide.com.au. Check us out at facebook.com forward slash linkadelaide or tweet us at linkadelaide.